when we're thinking about doing family origins work, what are sort of the connotations that people have around that work? What is some like general feedback that you usually receive around it that our community probably can relate to? Yeah, right. I think a lot of people are so scared of opening up Pandora's box, right? They're like, just want to focus on the thing that I'm coming into therapy with. Can we solve this? And, you know, I obviously always go back to understanding a person's family system and how they grew up and what they saw and what they experienced. And every once in a while, I don't see new clients now, but you know, people come in and they're like, nah, I don't want to go. No, I'm not, I don't need to talk about it. I had a great childhood. I just want to focus on what's presenting in my life right now. And yeah, we don't push that. You don't force something, but eventually it always comes back to that. But yeah, I think a lot of people have the concern that they're going to open up Pandora's box and there's going to be too much there. I think other people have gotten their relationships with their family to a certain point that feels okay right now. And so the idea of shaking that up is overwhelming. Maybe we have a deceased parent and the idea of coming into contact with something, naming something for the first time is yeah, is overwhelming. What happens if I feel a different way about this person and they're no longer here? And probably one of the narratives that I hear the most is they did the best that they could with what they had. And that becomes the explanation. That becomes the way that they can reason Mm -hmm. what happened. And it's interesting because that all of these things are distractions away from us actually honoring our pain. That's the whole point of this book is to allow ourselves to name it, to be with it, to honor the experiences that we had. And we do such a good job of avoiding that. And I know it can feel overwhelming and scary. And I get why people want to avoid going there. And also that just keeps us in the holding pattern. You know, that's what I've seen. I've worked with, I've been saying this now for years, 20,000 hours of therapy, direct therapy. And I guess it's more than that now, but I've worked with individuals and couples and families for so long. And no matter how many times they try to get around it, right, we come back to this. Like our pain wants to be felt. The things that are unresolved in our lives want to be resolved. And if you've ever found yourself in any type of unwanted pattern, maybe that's what's going on today, right? The unwanted patterns that you can't shake are tied to that which is unresolved in your past. And I take the framework of understanding our families. Obviously, there are other influences in our lives for sure. But yeah, I am a big believer that we must take a look at our families and we must take a look at our childhoods and to see the things that we observed and experienced and witnessed and how that's still running the show today. When you were talking about people will say they did the best with what they could. I remember my therapist was like, so if I said they did the best that they could with what they had, would you believe that? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like the person that's like, no one's doing the best that they can. with what they Like there's a part of me, like a little girl part of me that's yeah. like, no one's doing the best that they can. But in this, I loved in the book how you talked about it's really the firsts, mm-hmm. like it's the firsts of things. And I think that was really profound in thinking that and kind of contextualizing how these things are so impactful for us. So can you talk a little bit about that? When we're thinking about the family of origins or sort of trauma or experiences that really shape us, how do the firsts play into that? That's it, right? And that's why I titled it The Origins of You, right? Like the original time that something happened that set the foundation, the framework, shifts the trajectory of where we're going. And I know a lot of us don't necessarily have all of the memories, right? Sometimes we're like, 
I don't remember that's anything me. in childhood. Yeah. And that's okay, right? We can actually work ourselves backwards. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't remember the first time something happened, that does not mean that you don't want to or need to do this work. But when we get activated present day, what's happening is we are coming into contact with something that's familiar. It's really uncommon as adults to have a fully new experience. And what I mean by that is, sure, the context might be different, right? Like it might be the first time that you're cheated on, but it might not be the first time you have felt betrayed. And so I think there is this need to understand, ooh, right? there's a surge of stuff that's coming up in this moment. And it's not just what's happening right now. This is everything that has happened in the past that feels familiar to this moment. And so our pain is, I say this in the book, our pain is not out to get us, right? Our wounds are not here to destroy our lives. They're not rubbing their hands cynically together like, I'm going to destroy her life. It's like our pain finds really clever ways to tug at us, right? It's like if you've ever dated emotionally unavailable people over yes. and over again. If you've ever mm -hmm. found yourself in the same conflict that you just can't shake, right? It's like, that's our pain bringing us back into contact with the thing that wants to be felt and acknowledged and observed and grieved. And that's the beauty that we can be really annoyed with it, but it's our system is so clever because it doesn't want us to just brute force our way through, white knuckle our way through. It wants us to tend to what's there. And so the origins, right? It's like the first time something left an impact on us. And obviously we have beautiful origins, lots of positive things. This book obviously focuses on more of the negative stuff mm -hmm. that lays the foundation. But yeah, we have to begin to tend to that original pain so that it can release us almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting with the cheating example, when you said the feeling is betrayal, I think oftentimes people it's like, it's a step to get to that, to be like, I got cheated on and kind of be angry, but you have to go for a little bit further and like, what's the feeling? Right. And I think a lot of people don't have access to the vocabulary of emotions or expressions to really get to the pain and the grief of mm -hmm. it and moving to the pain and the grief of it. I was just going to say, because I think it's so easy then to just focus on the other person too. Oh, totally. We're just angry at yes. the situation. We can't believe that this person yes. would have done this to us. And it's really easy to stay in the victim position yes. in that, oh, yeah. in, in any scenario, mm -hmm. right? It's like, look what has been done to me. Yes. And oh, I know sometimes we need to hang out in that space for a little bit yep. because we just need to. But when we stay in a victim position, we avoid our healing. Mm -hmm. It moves us further away from it. And so at some point, we have to step out of that position in order to actually tune back into ourselves instead of making it about everybody else. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, it's an unconscious loving Gay Hendricks talks about the fight for in relationships, fights are often the fight for the victim position mm -hmm. and how yes. you can stay in that. And that was super profound cool. for me because, I mean, you see that happening with yourself. You see that happening with the other person. So within this, when people are in the victim, like how do we know how long being in the victim mentality is okay or healthy? Mm -hmm. Like when is the victim mentality sort of a supporting, loving aspect of ourselves that's really there and witnessing a part of ourselves? Mm -hmm. And when is it detrimental? It's about becoming very intentional with it, which is really hard yeah. to do when you're just feeling yeah. all of the feelings. And especially when they're so familiar, 
like this always happens to me yeah right here we go again and so we can really wallow and how do we know I think it really requires us to be very honest with ourselves which can be hard in that position this keeping my suffering and I think it can keep us there pretty quickly I think to be in that victim position maybe right in the beginning there's that moment of okay yeah something happened and this was really terrible need to feel that and I think sometimes when we're speaking to our friends or and we're saying this is what this person did there's something about getting that validation and yeah. attention from people who are there to love us and to support us and sometimes say what it is that we really want to hear that may not actually be what <laughs> is actually valuable for us right the, the friends were like yeah screw this person and you're like we need a little you know, bit like of the, that. that list where you're like this yes. is a screw this person yes. this is like a not you're like who do I want right I know now? I know. It's so funny because we were talking about this yesterday. One of my friends who was hosting a book launch party for me and someone was like, Vienna just will not go to that place when you want her to because she's always like, well, let's understand what's going on with the other person. And my friends are like, fuck that person. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, but we want to look at the whole system. So I'm not the friend to come to for that. But there's a little bit of that that can feel good in the moment. Fine. Okay. But then we want to move out of that because otherwise all we do is wallow. We stay in that place. We get the things we think we need to hear because it makes the other person the villain and we get to, I don't know, be holier than thou in some way. And that doesn't us. Grief moves us. Witnessing in the right ways move on, right? Tending to our origin pain, right? Whatever it is that's happening in our lives that's bringing us back into the familiarity of the pain, those are the things that move us. When I have us look back, it's not, one, it's not for us to stay in the past. It's not to throw parents or anybody who was a parental figure in our lives under the bus. It's not to wallow. It's to tune in, to check in, to understand our roadmap, to understand the frameworks so that we can actually move forward. So we're not here to wallow. We're not here to go on some wild goose hunt. We're here to identify what is true so that we can move forward. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.